It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Cardinals completed a deal with the Angels. We continue our spring training player previews with outfielder Alec Burleson. Plus, Keith Law has three Cardinals rated in his top 100 prospect list. We're going to get into all of it today on Locked On Cardinals. You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Follow me on Twitter, X, at J.D. Sports Radio, and the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. We want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube. Haven't been there yet? Be sure to check us out. Like, subscribe, comment, interact with us. Hit the notification button so you know when the new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinals Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today. You'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. So getting started today, uh, the Cardinals... I want to make an adjustment on the camera here real quick. I feel like we're a little high there. I don't know why we need a shot of the ceiling right there. All right, let's fix that. All right, here we go. Uh, The St. Louis Cardinals completed a a minor deal on Wednesday with the Los Angeles Angels. You might have seen my uh, short on YouTube about this, but they traded right-handed reliever Guillermo Zuniga to uh, the Angels in exchange for cash considerations. Now, Zuniga... He's 25 years old, and he's joining his fourth organization since becoming a pro. All right? Think about that for a minute. Fourth organization since becoming a pro. He was with the Braves. He was with the Dodgers previously before joining St. Louis, and now he's moving on to Los Angeles. And I, I know that some people see the the, the, the triple-digit fastball, right? And you see the uh, that to go along with you know a slider, which we've seen at times was kind of like a wipeout slider where it'd be very, very good. He's got to change up as well. And you see these things together and you're like, what is not to like here? What am I missing? What, what's the problem here? Because big guy, 6'5", to what, 45, somewhere in that vicinity. He's a big guy. And you're like, what what, what happened? Why, why isn't this guy good? You know, and then you we saw him uh, uh, baffle one of the greatest baseball hitters of all time in Mike Trout. And at the time, reigning in MVP Paul Goldschmidt at last year's World Baseball Classic. And you think, whoa, the, the Cardinals have this guy? He's ours? Because that it took me by surprise when I was watching that game. And I was like, wait a minute, that dude's in our system? Wait, wait hold on. Let me, let me get to his page real quick. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Do we got like a diamond in the rough out of nowhere? But then in Memphis last year, he struggles with the 7.63 ERA. Does that in 29 appearances. He issued a lot of walks. He gave up too many home runs. And I'm sure it left the Cardinals scratching their heads. Like, uh, what's going on here? Like, how could someone with this size, his tools, how could somebody like this struggle so much? What's going on here? And they never really figured it out. 
They even brought him up and had him pitch in a couple of games at the major league level. Strikes out four hitters, which we knew he was good at striking out guys, but it's the other stuff that goes along with it. But at the major league level, he strikes out four hitters in two innings of work, gave up a couple of hits, gave up a run. But then the forearm strain came, and that ended his season, right? And with all the acquisitions for the bullpen this offseason, they deemed Guillermo Zuniga expendable and designated him for assignment, which ended up working out as a trade to the Angels for cash considerations. Now, when you look at the arms that the, the team has assembled this offseason, you've got Keenan Middleton, the newest member, Andrew Kittredge, uh, Ryan Fernandez, Nick Robertson, Riley O'Brien. And those names are going to go along with guys you're already familiar with, Ryan Housley, Jojo Romero, Giovanni Gallegos, John King, Wilking Rodriguez. Yes, he is still around. Uh, Andre Palante, maybe Zach Thompson and Matthew Libertor. Plus guys like Andre Granillo and uh, Adam Kloppenstein. So the Cardinals, I'm assuming, like the potential of Zuniga. I don't think that's the issue here, but with the injuries and the inconsistencies, it felt like everyone, like I felt like everyone else, like, like I listed all these guys that I just named, I just feel like they're all ahead of them. Like they're just all, all of them are ahead of where Guillermo Zuniga is on the depth chart. Some point out that perhaps the Cardinals could have uh, removed someone else from the 40-man instead, which I, I get that. Jared Young, Buddy Kennedy, Alfonso Rivas. Like, do we need those guys? Like, for a team that's been starved for pitching, do we need those guys instead? So I, I understand the argument there, and I'm, I'm not here to say that you're wrong. Um, some make jokes about getting all this cash so they can go buy another reliever with the cash considerations. Yeah, funny, funny. I mean, Snell and Montgomery are still out there for what it's worth. Uh, just six days away from pitchers and catchers reporting. Still have not found a home. But for me, I'm just not going to get bent out of shape on this one. Uh, I, I think that they like the guys that they brought in, and they just haven't gotten anywhere with Zuniga. If he'd had a better track record of success at any level, maybe you scratch your head a little bit more about why they would move on from this guy. But in my honest opinion, I think the Cardinals, have, they've just seen enough. And now he's now he's the Angels project to work with. And if he goes on to become a successful reliever with them, so be it. But let me remind you that, you know, as much as people make fun of the Cardinals, we make fun of the Cardinals. We should be able to rib our teams. It's okay. But as much as we make fun of them for not being able to, to develop good young pitching, Two of the best organizations when it comes to developing pitchers have cut this guy loose, the Braves and the Dodgers. They felt like, I don't think there's much we can do with this. And if those two organizations aren't willing to take the time to mold him, then what makes you think the Cardinals are going to be able to do anything? Like, why would you think the Cardinals are better than those two teams? So best of luck to Guillermo. I, we, we, we hope you turn out just fine and you have a successful career, but it will not be in a Cardinals uniform. <laughs> uh, spring training player previews continue today. I want to talk about Alec Burleson. All right, Alec Burleson, what, what is his future with the Cardinals here in 2024? We're going to break it all down next for you on Locked on Cardinals. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And if you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday, all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks and beverages, and also placing some bets, enjoying the game, enjoying your, your friends and family that are 
going to be around you, but also let's make a little money. Let's make a little money on the side. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or how about two or three W's? Not only can you bet on who's going to win Super Bowl 58 on Sunday between the Chiefs and the 49ers. 49ers still favored by two and a half, but FanDuel's got a number of different other bets where you can make this game even that more interesting for you. Like which players are going to score touchdowns? I've mentioned CMC is an easy one, obviously, but what about Rasheed Rice, Steve Samuel? couple of decent tight ends in this one. George Kittle, Travis Kelsey. Well, Travis Kelsey, catch all of his targets. That's something you can bet on. Uh, obviously, how many points are going to be scored over under still at 47 and a half? Uh, will Debo Samuel score a, score a rushing and a receiving touchdown? Something he's been known to do. You can win big there. Will any of these kickers knock a 60-yard field goal? Will someone other than a quarterback throw a touchdown? Will it go to overtime? These are just the tip of the iceberg on different bets that you can be a part of at FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get signed up today. That way you're in on the action this Sunday when the big game is going down. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen every single day. You can always leave your comments on YouTube as well as on Twitter X anytime you want. Feedback always welcome and encouraged. And a reminder that Locked On has also launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. If you haven't seen this yet, Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7. It doesn't matter what shift you're working. We're there for you. We're the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On uh nba trade deadline going on right now so all kinds of different things happening a lot of movement in the nba uh you've got our national shows covering every league and you can go to locked on sports today on youtube and subscribe do yourself a favor subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel now i want to continue our spring training player previews today with uh, a guy that I've got a lot of questions about because I don't know what they're going to do with this guy either. Alec Burleson is the subject of our previews today. And a couple of weeks ago, I, I had a pretty good idea of what Burleson's role was going to be on the 2024 St. Louis Cardinals. And then the Cardinals went out and shocked a lot of people, including myself, by signing Matt Carpenter. And I was kind of like, okay, what does this mean for Burley? Because if Burleson was what I thought he was going to be your fifth outfielder, he was going to be behind uh, Newt, Edmund, Walker, and Carlson. You've heard Mo say it over and over. Carlson's our fourth guy. These are the top three. You heard him say it multiple times. Um, he's also a capable backup first baseman, something he's been learning as well. Uh, the left-handed bat off the bench. The only thing that Matt Carpenter doesn't do out of all of those things that you were going to ask Burleson to do in 2024 was play outfield. I, I know that Matt Carpenter dabbled a little bit in the outfield with the Yankees, but played first base last year with San Diego, uh, DHing obviously his thing as well. And at age 38, I don't think we want the Cardinals having Matt Carpenter roaming around in the outfield. Okay. If that's happening, something is really, really wrong. So why would you want two similar guys like this on your bench? That's a great question because president of baseball operations, John Mosellock has said that he can see a scenario where both Burleson and Carpenter are on the major league roster together. 
it feels like, barring anything catastrophic this spring, that Carpenter is going to be on this team. Like, they brought him here for a reason. They didn't bring him in just to kind of, you know, give a little, uh, you know, competition for a roster spot. Like, they want him on this team to be a leader in the clubhouse and a veteran presence to help the younger guys this season. So where does this leave your former second-round pick, your former AAA batting champion, Alec Burleson? Is he destined to go back to Memphis now? Is that where he's going to begin the season. Now, Burleson was already motivated. He was already motivated to be better in 2024 in a number of different ways. Uh, MLB.com's John Denton did a piece on him recently and said that he had a very real and raw conversation with the Cardinals coaches where they hit him square in the gut with some tough love. Funny that he said the gut, because that's something that we're going to bring up here. Uh, according to Burleson, just being told that I need to be better in the outfield and that they aren't comfortable playing me in the outfield, I took it personal. That's the one that sticks out to me, that I need to play better defense, and I agree. I took it personal in a good sense. Just coming up and being one of the best players and then being told you're not good enough, you take it personal, right? Not in a bad way. You're like, okay, I agree with you. And it's going to get better. And it's going to be better. That's all I want is honesty and no beating around the bush. That's the way I like it. And that's the way I like to go about things. Now, offensively, you won't find many people that have a lot of negative things to say about what Burleson can do with the bat. All right. He he doesn't strike out much. In fact, let me pull up. I got his baseball savant here and I forgot to load it for you guys. Let me, let me load this up here for uh, the folks who are actually on. YouTube at the moment. And you will see about, you'll see what I'm talking about here, where his baseball savant page, and I probably should have edited this, but I'm not going to be able to. Uh, all right. Now we're going to, now we're, now we're just dragging. All right. You're just going to have to take my word for it until I get this done. That he, you know, offensively, he, he's got a lot of upside that people like what he does and that he, does a number of things well, okay? First and foremost, his uh, ball-to-bat or bat-to-ball contact skills, they're they're very, very good, okay? We're almost here. We're almost home here, YouTube. Hang on a second. We're getting there. We're getting there. And almost home. Here we go. All right, loading up now. So you're going to check this out. All right, there we go. Up on the screen now on YouTube. Check it out. All right, so bat the ball skills, top notch, right? Look at this. They they tell you that he hits the ball hard. 51st percentile of hard hit rate last year. 73rd percentile in sweet spot percentage at baseballsavant.com. That's where you see the red on the screen. They'll tell you that he hit into some bad luck last year with an expected batting average of 277, but in reality, he ends up with just a 244 batting average. I don't think the Cardinals are worried about him offensively, but they need another aspect of his game to elevate to another level to keep him on the field. Uh, another thing that Burley has worked on is his diet and nutrition. Something that he talked about with John Denton as well was the diet and nutrition. All right, we're going to put up a picture of Burley from last year. There you go. Uh, listed at 6'2", 212 pounds. Nobody would blame you if last year you can... Fused Alec Burleson with uh, a local softball player down at your your local baseball fields. Uh, I grew up around the BMAC 
softball fields and baseball fields as a kid in North County. So nobody would blame you for that. But according to Denton, he's dropped 12 pounds and has been doing all he can to become more comfortable in the outfield and that he deserves more reps in the outfield. And at DH, when I was at the winter warm-up with my mom and they were showing him up on the big screen, and she's like, who is that? And at first I was like, is that Lance Lynn who's lost a lot of weight? And then I'm like, no, that's Alec Burleson. And he looked pretty good. He looked like he has trimmed down a bunch. Um, my question, though, is does it make sense to have both Alec Burleson and Carp on the roster? Not really. <laughs> Not in my opinion. And if the Cardinals see the improvements that they want from Burleson, would they actually cut Carpenter? You're not paying him a whole bunch of money. It's okay. But it seems hard to believe. It seems hard to believe that you would bring Matt Carpenter onto your 40-man, have him sign, talk about how you need his leadership in the clubhouse, and then cut him. Like That doesn't seem like something I think the Cardinals are going to do. I know he wants to be on the Major League roster, talking about Burleson, but does parking him at the end of the bench makes sense or would he be better served playing every day at memphis until the time comes that he's needed in a more useful role than just like your fifth outfielder your backup first baseman maybe even your third first baseman like is that the role you want alec burleson in like if he's not going to get at bats then what's the point of having him on the major league roster all right he's just gonna collect cobwebs down there in the corner. And I don't think that's something that you want to do with a guy who's clearly got some talent, was a second-round pick for a reason, has put in the effort this offseason to make sure that that doesn't happen to him. So uh, let me know your thoughts on what you think the future of Alec Burleson is in 2024. Does he make the roster? Would he be better served at Memphis? Do you think they should just be cutting Matt Carpenter and letting Alec Burleson take that role altogether? But remember. The leadership role of being a veteran that that would go away with Matt Carpenter. Maybe you don't think it's as important as uh, John Mosellock and company do. But uh, anyway, let me know your thoughts in the comment section below and on Twitter X. Uh, up next, we're going to talk about Keith Law's top 100 prospect list and uh, which three Cardinals made the cut. One of them a lot higher than I thought he was going to be. We'll let you know where they landed next on Locked On Cardinals. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows, which are covering every single league. Uh, go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. Subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Keith Law from The Athletic released his uh, top 100 prospects list. He does this every year. Um Coming in at number one, it shouldn't really be a surprise. Former number one overall draft pick and son of Cardinals Hall of Famer, Matt Holliday. Jackson Holliday comes in at the top spot. Not a shocker whatsoever there. The kid is on the fast path to the major leagues. Great things to come for he and the Orioles. Like, if I'm an Orioles fan, I am super excited about the future of this team. And now you've added Corbin Burns. And I'm sure they're going to want to talk about extensions and re-signing him or whatever. I mean, that was what that team really needed, right? It was a was a bona fide number one ace guy to go along with all this young talent. So the Orioles, bright future ahead of them. I, I'm shocked in the Pakota projections that Baltimore was third in the AL East. Like that, that blew my mind. But anyway, as far as the Cardinals go, 
Their first player on the list actually came in, as I mentioned, higher than I anticipated and maybe some others as well. And that would be shortstop Mason Wynn, who came in at number 16. Now, he was number 43 on the list last year. Here's what Law has to say about Mason Wynn. Wynn reached the majors last year at age 21 and just barely still qualifies for this list. One more day on the roster or nine more at-bats would have cost him his uh, Rookie of the Year eligibility for 2024. He's an elite defender at short with an 80 arm. Remember, 20, 80 grade when it comes to that. So 80 is the best you can get. Uh, registering 100.5 miles per hour on a throw at the 2022 Futures game that set a new stat cast a record for velocity for a throw by any infielder. He has outstanding plate discipline for his age across all dimensions of that term. His pitch selection, his pitch type recognition, and his ball strike recognition are all above average or better for someone who's been young for every level that he's played at in pro ball. He's also a 70 runner with an 88.4% success rate on 104 stolen base attempts in the minors. And he has outstanding bat speed on top of that, rarely missing even plus fastballs, although in his case, his bat may be in and out of the zone too quickly for it to translate as plus power or even high exit velocities. That adds up to a pretty high floor, plus defense, high contact rates, solid to plus on base percentages, added value on the bases, and you hope a little power. Unless his approach completely collapses in the majors, which I have a hard time imagining, he'll be at least an average regular at short for a long time. The Cardinals appear to have cleared the way for him to win the job out of spring training, and I don't think there's any real benefit to sending him back to AAA at this point anyway. Just let his defense carry him while he adjusts to big league pitching and enjoy the show. So that's what Keith Law has to say about Cardinal shortstop Mason Wynn, who he's got as his number 16 prospect on the top 100 list coming into 2024. And it's no secret that the Cardinals, they're showing a lot of faith and relying on Mason Wynn a lot this year with deciding to just proclaim Tommy Edmond your starting center fielder. And I would assume he's also going to be the backup shortstop. I mean, Jose Fermin, Brendan Donovan, I guess they could also see some time at shortstop. But the Cardinals are are really just showing a lot of confidence in who Mason Wynn is, what he can be as a ball player, and they want it to happen now, like this year. Now, he's going to be batting ninth in most lineups this year for the Cardinals. Um, offers a lot of speed down there at the bottom of the order. And I love the way he started to figure things out a little bit last year. The numbers at the end of the season last year and his one month being in the major leagues, it shouldn't make everybody go, oh, my gosh, he's a bust. I, I don't see how you jump to that conclusion after a month. I don't know how you do that. But clearly he's got the talent, and I, I'm excited and looking forward to seeing him at shortstop uh, a lot more times than Tommy Edmond. I hope it all works out. Because if it doesn't, then he really struggles out of the gate and is hitting like just over 100 after the first month. I wonder what the Cardinals are going to do. Like, does that mean Dylan Carlson goes to center? Edmund has to come back. And then you start reshuffling things all together again, and it just sounds messy. And I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, next on the list is friend of the show, Victor Scott II. Our guy. Victor Scott II, who comes in at number 55 on Keith Law's list here. The excitement surrounding Victor continues to swell. And he was unranked last year. He's up to 55 this year. 
when you steal 90 plus bases and win a gold glove, people are going to notice. <laughs> and here's what law says about the Cardinals speedster. Scott played three years at West Virginia or West Virginia hitting in composite 254, 368, 419, never hitting 300 in any of his seasons there, which is probably how an 80 runner at a major conference school ends up a fifth round pick. He took off in his full season debut last year, hitting for a higher average at high A, double A, and in the Arizona Fall League than he did in any season for the Mountaineers, while also stealing 94 bags to tie for the professional league. He's a plus defender in center, closer to a 70 than a 60, and he's been very hard to strike out in the minor leagues with just a 15.6% strikeout rate between high A and double A, something that particularly matters when you can turn almost any ground ball into a hit. He's small, but not feeble, like a lot of guys who run like he does, and uber-athletic, which is part of how he's been able to make such quick adjustments on both sides of the ball. The floor here seems very high. A plus defender and center who adds this kind of value on the bases would have to be positively anemic with the bat to have no real value. While he could have a long, long run as an everyday guy, even with just 8 to 12 home run a year power, which I think is already within reach. I know listeners of this show are very excited about Victor Scott II's future. I'm excited about it. Um, I miss the days of old when the Cardinals would steal bases and just run rampant on other opposing pitchers and catchers and just make it hurt and just turn walks into triples and just it. they created offense and it was fun. And I know they're never going to be back to that full force where you're going to have three or more guys stealing 60, 80 bags a piece. But it's nice to have a couple of them on your team. I think Mason Wynn has the capability to steal 40 to 50 bags. Certainly Victor Scott. You know, Tommy Edmonds been able to show 30 steal capabilities. You know, I, I just I think that's something that they really need to tap into. And if Victor Scott ends up doing anything similar at AAA this year, like he did last year at AA, you might see him in St. Louis this season at some point, especially if injuries end up taking down a Lars Newbar or a Tommy Edmond or a Dylan Carlson. I mean, you're not going to have Jordan Walker out there in center. You're not going to have Alec Burleson out there in center if those guys go down. Uh, you've got, what, Michael Ciani, who's on the 40-man roster. He can play some center. but if Victor's killing it, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? So excited about that. And finally, the last Cardinals prospect on uh, Keith Law's list here, Tinkens coming in at number 73, which is actually a, a drop from last year where he fell on the list because last year he was at number 63. So here's what Law says about Tinkens. Slight 17-year-old when the Cardinals drafted him in the second round in 2020, same draft class. They landed them Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, and Alec Burleson, which all three of them, Going to be major leaguers this year. Uh, he pitched just eight innings in 2021 around some minor injury stuff and general workload management, but he took off in 2022 and followed that up with a career-high 96 innings in 2023. He's an excellent athlete, has a lightning-quick arm, although it hasn't translated into a plus-breaking ball of any sort yet. He sits 94-96 and can reach 98 with a plus or plus-plus changeup already and a slurvy low 80s breaker that's effective now, but that he doesn't command or finish that well. He's extremely athletic and has continued to fill out and get stronger to hold his stuff and work deeper into games. So there's hope that he can find a better third pitch. But so far, he hasn't shown much ability to spin or manipulate the ball. 
and the slurve works in part because the fastball changeup discombobulate hitters. Hens has a very high floor and relief as he has great arm speed on the changeup and it falls right off the table as it approaches the plate. So he has the two pitches to dominate in short bursts. The hope is that he can tighten up the breaking ball or try another one, even a cutter, to give him enough of a third weapon to turn a lineup over three times and be a mid-rotation guy. Uh, patience. Patience seems to be the approach with Tinkens for the St. Louis Cardinals. They have not tried to force anything on him so far, and hopefully they continue that trend because there's really no need to rush him this year or even next year. Okay, You are not so desperate unless – all of these new arms that they gathered this year in trades and in free agency and the rule five and all the stuff they put on, unless all of them just collapse and it is like this team just falls apart and they are just trash. And they're like, it's time to just reboot the whole damn thing. Um, no need to really rush team Kent's. Okay. And if he becomes a reliever, so what, so what, like, why does every, pitcher who's picked in the top five rounds have to be a starter like we know how important bullpen arms are we saw how important they were last year when the cardinals had everybody in their bullpen was dead by june we see that it's never a bad thing to have a whole lot of good bullpen arms ready to go and available when the time comes for them to get called up so i don't have an issue with that if that's ends up being the future of team ken so your uh, three guys that landed on the list here. I mean, are you surprised Mason went as high as number 16? I was. I definitely was. I, I did not think he was going to get that much love. I thought maybe 20s, 30s, somewhere in that vicinity. But uh, to be in the top 20, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So uh, let me know in the comments section on Twitter X. Again, thank you for making Lockdown Cardinals your first listen every day. If you haven't already, do give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals at a JD Sports Radio. Be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube and help our channel and love for the Cardinals grow. You guys are the best fans in baseball for a reason. Lockdown Cardinals. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.